0: first launched the podcast that we had the table the tables were turned <laughs> the table was turned yeah and jared and i were much closer and i wondered if you guys were going to do that um but you decided to kind of sidle off in the corner which was good how was it with just you and chad it seemed like you had a good time
1: good it went all right yeah I thought, <laughs> it went went well. all right.
0: I thought it was good yeah i didn't listen to every shred of it um i am almost done with your series, uh, completely. Yeah. When I took the time, I think I told you that in text. Like I'm, I just backed out of everything cause there's no way for me to be at home and watching the live stream and not, yeah, you know, think about work. And the idea was to try to, you know, back away from that for a little bit that, and you know, the schedule and kind of what we had going on was a little bit crazy as well, but I'm slowly catching up on, on things. Yeah. So what'd you guys do yesterday for Labor Day? Did you do anything? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I got to tell you, that sounds great. We didn't do anything. I did Nothing? No. Okay. And uh, that's about it. Do you you like yard work? You got a pretty big yard. It's okay. You push mow that?
1: Yeah, it's not too bad.
0: No? How long does it take you? 25 minutes. That's it? Yeah. Oh, your backyard is basically driveway. Yeah, it's a lot of driveway. I always forget about that because you got a lot of frontage. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of driveway. When we do yard work, like is it mowing, weeding, all of that, the, yeah. doing the the trimming and all yeah. that at once.
1: Well, not all. I don't trim every time, but no. every other time or so. Yeah.
0: Does it not need it, or you just don't like trimming?
1: Uh, it doesn't need it as much every time, and it is. This is a pain. It has a lot to do the do that aspect.
0: Have you accidentally destroyed some of your own property with your weed eater? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I definitely destroyed siding on the garage.
0: Same. Um, I took off a giant chunk. Yeah. My gutters are a mess. Yeah, I have. There's some type of cable running into my house <laughs> that is now without its coating. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I noticed it yesterday, and I'm sure I did it. I don't believe that, you know, the yard rats are chewing on <laughs> the outdoor <laughs> wire. But I, I noticed it yesterday when I was um, doing the weeding, and I'm like, I bet I, I bet I did that. I took the coating off, and now wires are exposed. And so my brilliant idea was, let's see if this is, any type of electricity. So I touched it <laughs> and I thought of nothing else. Yeah. I'll get a good jolt and maybe, maybe it'll feel good. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe reset Jesus. things. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll meet Jesus. Yeah. So I grabbed it and just hung on. <laughs> I, I bit <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm like, take me home Lord. Uh, but nothing, nothing shocked me. So <laughs> I'm guessing it's uh maybe some type of communication wire. Yeah. I'm thinking internet or something. Yeah. I can't figure it out because I feel like that would be thicker. And this is a more of a thin wire. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's surveillance, if my house was built <laughs> with surveillance and somehow. This was installed by your neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Bob put it in. Oh, it could be. He's yeah. <laughs> just yeah. to check on me. <laughs>
1: yeah, by week four, you're By gone. week four, like, he. <laughs> I need I eyes. Need <laughs> so he
0: installed a camera. <laughs> Do you guys have one of those um, fancy doorbell cameras? No. No, we don't either. Why don't you have one?
1: uh i i we really don't feel the need for much security where we're at Um, yeah we're on a very busy road and it and we have our backyard surrounded by like four other backyards like yeah like like no i just feel like it's not like a it's not secluded at all so right there's just no need for i don't know i know he's gonna stroll over and steal your package yeah. Yeah. I Take think it, like we're on Columbia road, which is a bit, a main road. Yeah. I mean, side road, I guess, or whatever, but, um, it's really busy. Yeah. 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 Rachel wanted one for a
0: while and uh, we still don't have one. And I, I'm not quite sure why she wants it. Yeah. I don't, I mean, cause we live in a, a community, you know, yeah. our, our houses, they're not like they're, I think they're considered cluster homes. Yeah. Um, but they're not like super cluster. Like we've got a little bit of space, but our neighbors, like, they're right next door. We have a good relationship with both of our neighbors, the people across the street. And, yeah, I, you know, it, it, Avon seems to be a pretty safe yeah, community. Um, but I think it might be the package thing.
1: But Avon that, Lake was, like, in the, I think, in, like, the top 20 in the country for safest communities to live in. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize I believe that. it was Avon Lake. They were, yeah, they got super high ranked. Yeah. For as far as, like, you know, crime rate and all that.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, we got the security cameras here at the church now, obviously, because we had those, and and it's probably something we should have had for for a while. You know, just for safety of everybody and all the kids and and that stuff. And I was here on Saturday, and I uh, practice my sermons and, and and go over them in the um, East Wing Worship Center, and I'm in the building quite often, where it's just me. I don't mind it. I've been that way ever since I started working here, like I, I don't mind a quiet yeah. building. He doesn't, some people are like, Oh man, it would like creep me out or something. I, I don't find it that way at all. I feel very comfortable here. And, but I was preaching and I heard it, what sounded like a door opening close mm-hmm. in this area and uh, the East wing hallway. And so I open the door because I don't want I I can't practice in the in the main worship center there's too many people walking by it's strange we've talked about this yeah. like it's hard to cuz you go over your sermons as well like you preach them out loud yeah. um before we before you do it but like if I'm doing that and someone is just like you know, uh, working in a room nearby, I feel embarrassed for some reason because yeah. it's like you're workshopping it. Like right. I'll start to scream, you know, I'm like, yeah, well, that's not going to work. Let's, and, and then it'll stop. And so it's just a weird thing. Yeah. So i am like, let me see what's going on here. Cause I don't know the schedule Mary you know, American Heritage girls has a meeting or something. So I look and there's, n- there's nobody like absolutely nobody. And uh, what was that sound? And I get I get done. I was nearly done, anyways. And I go into my office and I shut things off. And so I left about 15 minutes after I heard that sound. And I'm driving down the highway, and I was on the phone with uh, Rachel trying to see if she needed me to, you know, bring anything home. And my windows unrolled, and a fire truck was going by, super loud sirens going, the whole thing. Put my windows up, put the windows back down. As I'm on the phone with Rachel, as I pass that fire truck, Bob is calling me, and uh, I'm like. You know, I'll I'll call you back. And so I answer the phone, and Bob's like, "Are you at the church?" I said, "No." He goes, "All the fire alarms are going off." Hmm. I said, "What?" And it turns out I passed the very fire truck that was coming to hmm. to the church. And then my first thought was, "I heard something." I yeah. told Bob, "I was like, I heard something." <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Maybe somebody's burning the building down." Right? The, the notorious bathroom, yeah. you know, arsonist is is back. And it turns out it wasn't that it was you've got these HVAC units and all the HVAC uh, units uh, near one of the vents have a detector that detects smoke in case the HVAC unit starts to fail. And one of those was going off Mm -hmm. Uh, RT three unit number three. And there was no fire. The fire department said that those are notorious for false alarms. Yeah. And we have to reprogram it because the fire department came out and, and they don't want to come out for those things, right? They want to come out for uh, it, Um, you know, real emergencies. not, I think he said supervisory alarms. I think that's the term he used. So we got to get it reprogrammed and stuff. Um, but it was, it, it was a pretty, it was a whirlwind. <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> a lot of excitement. I got home. I told Henry, I was like, all oh, the fire alarms are going off at of church. And he's like, hang on, let me get a snack. I really one. To... <laughs> he made me tell the story several times. He's like, start from the beginning. And I'm like, okay. So, yeah, needless to say. Needless to say. I uh was grateful. And then we ran the the unit, you know, grateful there wasn't a fire certainly, but then, you know, Bob ran the unit the rest of the day to make sure that it wouldn't go off cuz you kind of feel like that would happen on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And and we were oh, everybody. Yeah. Out. The the alarm system is unreasonably loud. I didn't realize. Like I've never heard them. We yesterday. Was that yesterday or today? Today, Today it yeah. just bursted for a yeah. second. Yeah. This is going on for like ten minutes, yeah. and I'm like, "Oh my goodness gracious, I can't, I can't handle it." <laughs> so, but I thought we've got all these cameras. Yeah. So if someone did, yeah, set the building on fire, we would know. We would know every room, right? I made a joke that uh, did not hit with the fire department. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "It's coming from that unit up there," and they're like, "You know, maybe uh, if some dust gets pulled in." And I said, "Well, that's my smoking spot." And they uh, just looked at me. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I would have thought that a fire, uh, you know, the people that work for the fire department would appreciate a good fire joke. Hmm. But then I realized fire is no joke to these people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're probably already sour that they're here for basically they a didn't, non-call. Yeah, yeah. They,
0: they they didn't seem sour. They were, they were great. They were very yeah. kind. They just don't, uh, they didn't care for the joke. <laughs> It, it might have been all. that the alarm had been is still going off in the building and we're outside and I'm kind of yelling it like ah <laughs> funny guy. Yeah. And they're just like, "Just can you not do that
1: right now?" So I need the fire department yesterday. Did was, you? I'm burning a fence. Um
0: intentionally or was it your own fence?
1: Yeah, so we had a <laughs> just our, our neighbor the um, Pizza
0: by Robert. Guy.
1: <laughs> our neighbor took out a tree on our property line and it it kind of took out a bunch of fence with it that was kind of old and rotten anyway, so it's been sitting there for a couple of months. Yeah. So I finally like hacked it up, chopped it up, and put it in our like fire pit in the backyard. Okay. And I'm just loading it up, trying to get this thing burned. And, yeah. And uh, a gust of wind like just blew the flame oh, no. into my face and like yeah. my eyebrows were singed. My did they? Oh. Oh yeah. My, wow. My uh, eyelashes, my mustache, like you can see, is all. <laughs>
0: So, did you, did you trim I
1: had to because, like, with the singed eyelashes, like, yeah, it was like blur, blurring my vision. I wasn't going
0: to say anything, but your eyes are really popping today. I'm wondering if you shouldn't trim that on a regular
1: basis. Well, that's what it is. Like, <laughs> even it's I like still,
0: Mark looks uniquely manicured. Today. I still feel like
1: you can feel like they're a little sticky because, like, they're singed together, but it hurt. No, it didn't really hurt. Okay. No, I mean, I, oh. when it hit me, I like I knew this is too hot. Like, yeah, you can have
0: fires in your backyard.
1: Uh, I guess I haven't. There's asked. city codes for that stuff. <laughs> I haven't asked anybody for the precise reason. That Nobody you just... stopped me. <laughs> it was all in like the fire, our fire yeah. pit. It was just probably too big for the purpose of, the, of that fire pit.
0: Did did you do anything with the fire? Hot dogs? No, because the the
1: the, pe- the fence was painted, and I, oh. I couldn't. You can't like. Oh, put that's food right. Over that,
0: can you burn
1: painted wood? I did. <laughs> It burns really well, actually. I am
0: so sorry <laughs> if this podcast gets you fined in any
1: way. I mean, that thought crossed See, my mind. The my kids are like, let's do marshmallows. Like, no, nope, we can't do marshmallows. Right. A pain on this we wood. can't eat it, but we will game.
0: send it in yeah. the atmosphere for the birds. <laughs> <laughs> we're birds dropping as they're flying by. <laughs> That's great. We no used birds. to do huge fires uh, when I lived with my dad. We lived on five acres and new russia township and i don't even think they have rules out there i don't i don't no, know yeah there's no zone. yeah they're just like whatever you you need to do and he, i mean we would have these massive just massive fires uh, i enjoy a good fire we can't have yeah. them in the neighborhood we have now we have a fire table which is fine but mm. there's something about just staring yeah mindlessly into a fire yeah. that is i find incredibly relaxing um but yeah we can't do them in our in our neighborhood now so now we just got the propane and we let it up. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. It is. I think because all of your
1: neighbor, it's like all of Avon.
0: No, I don't, I don't know what the code is for all of Avon. Mm. I just know like our HOA. Oh, you have an HOA. Yeah, we have an gotcha. HOA. So, and again, there were cluster homes. So yeah. if one goes up, it's just going to be like, like dominoes and it's probably for the best, you know, people can get, um, overconfident with their, <laughs> with their fire building at times I have found. So, we uh, went to the pool yesterday. The neighborhood pool was the last day for uh, for that in our neighborhood. And Henry was incredibly
1: sad leaving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's like, "This is the last time." I'm like, "For an, a nine months, it's gonna be you know, at Let's least." That's good. It was open on Labor Day. Ours, yeah. ours
1: wasn't even open.
0: You guys do the West Lake.
1: We do the North Olmsted Rex. Or, or North Olmsted. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I always I keep. Forever, I thought you guys lived in Westlake because it's so close to Westlake. Yeah. And Brandy worked in Westlake for, yeah. for a the long time. Yeah, the other side time, of the street to so.
1: Westlake from where we live.
0: Yeah. Well, happy
1: belated Labor Day
0: to you. Yeah. Let's welcome people to the podcast. Welcome to the Atrium. This is a Hope Christian Church podcast. My name is Neil. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Christian Church and this fine, uh, well-manicured man next to me.
1: <laughs> I never trimmed my eyelashes until yesterday.
0: How did you... How did you do that?
1: I like the razor or like the electric razor, my beard trimmer and just got real close to my eye. Oh man. I did it slowly.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: Well, it's better than like scissors in my view.
0: I don't know. The only concern I would have with that is sometimes I find that my beard hair will get caught and rip a little bit out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh boy. That's good. Anyways, what's your name? What do you do? My name
1: is Mark. I'm the adult (laughs) pastor
0: and welcome and welcome and welcome it's good to be back uh i haven't podcasted in six weeks do we take the week off before or no we did neil's less podcast was my podcast what episode is this i don't even know do you know i don't know something
1: chat suggested we start season two Mm -hmm. like this is maybe today is the start of season two wow you want to do that i don't know maybe (laughs) So, is I this, this episode, like episode one of season two? Well, I mean, we could keep continue numbering, I guess, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe change the color of the logo. I don't know. Well, it maybe seems we... late to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you don't tell people
0: we <laughs> you, you do it and then present it to them and say, this is season two. Stay tuned for a possible season two. Yeah. Maybe this will be our season maybe finale. There's
1: no distinction or difference or any.
0: Well, Chad's gone.
1: Arbitrary. <laughs> yeah. Just, it was
0: you and Chad for a while. Now it's you and me. Chad's a. Uh, Families under the weather, so prayers go out to them, certainly. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, you and you and I today. I asked Jared, I'm, I'm like, you know, there's no pressure. You know, what would you like to do that? And he's like, I don't think I can. And then he waited, and looked at me, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if he thought I was going to force him. I was like, <laughs> I started off by saying, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do it. Um, so, yeah, it's you and I, and I'm looking forward to this. we got some questions we're going to get to today. How was the origin story for you? I didn't make it through all of the podcasts that you and Chad did. So if you've already addressed this, uh, but how was it? You don't often preach four weeks. In, I think you've never preached for no, weeks have in, in a row. row. Yeah, And how, how, how was that? How did you find, you know, um, the study in, in the prep? Was it uh, exhausting for you? Was it? exhilarating uh, all the above
1: yeah it was good it was um it was exhausting but it was also Did you crash
0: on sunday afternoons yeah yeah
1: i yeah i usually do anyway but yeah it was, it was definitely um more so during the series and our small group usually meets on sunday afternoons and we we took a break and that really helped yeah um, oh yeah but yeah it was uh it was different i've never done four weeks in a row um i've done Two or three in a row, but never four. Straight. Yeah, I think three was your and um, yeah, it was good. by By week four, it felt different. It felt I had a different level of comfort. A lot of people ask me if, like, after I preach, they ask if I get nervous, and then it just makes me self conscious because I'm like, "Do, Do I, I seem, seem nervous?" nervous? <laughs> like,
0: little and, side note: Mark and I have been taking a little bit of a beating <laughs> lately. <laughs> I feel like, and I'm not going to get into details, but boy our preaching style uh people feel a wild freedom to share <laughs> what i would consider to be uh hurtful preferences <laughs> in well a lot I, of ways. yeah
1: i i never know i never like i never know what people are getting at like i you just get the most <laughs> random in- questions right, yeah. cuz like if you ask are you nervous they may not be implying you seem in nervous. In any way, shape, or form. It could be the opposite. You could seem very confident. Right. And they're like, how are you not nervous? Like, right. That kind of thing. So yeah. I, but I never know. Um,
0: uh, what we've heard lately has... We haven't had to sit there and <laughs> we knew what they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We're doing our best. We're um, doing our
1: best. But like... like, Well, to answer that question, I don't get as nervous as I used to. Yeah. It's less... There's always a little bit of before you speak in front of anyone. But yeah. um, there's, there's a different level of comfort now, but this series in particular, by the time I got to week four, um, it was a, a, even a further level of comfort. I would say, um, I stopped feeling like the guest preacher because I always feel like the guest preacher, you know, when I I preach. Um, and it was just kind of a a different feeling. Like there was, God had removed a little bit of the anxieties that come with it. Yeah. it's good, but it was exhausting and it was, but it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. How far did
0: you did you? I know you had the series planned out, but were you writing the sermon for Sunday the week of, or had you?
1: Yeah, uh, little... I got that question a couple times too. Um, the outline for it all was was done. Yeah, a couple months in advance, um, and then the first sermon was written a couple weeks in advance, um, and then I would start the further continuing sermons, but. Um, only as much as I could outline what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. So I tend to outline first and like outline what topics I want to cover and what scripture I want to cover. And then uh, I wasn't writing my actual, what, I, what I'm going to say until the week before, you know, the week of.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I, I try to stay, you know, three weeks ahead as far as like finished product. Um, the end of by faith, I couldn't do that and I can't do that what I'm doing right now. Because it yeah. was such a, you know, we're doing a, the suffer well series, but it's not the same series. It's a, it's a different. Yeah, I was th- I, yesterday on my day off. <clears throat> I was working at home uh, trying to finish, uh, and so I have it outlined. Yeah, for the next three weeks, and I knew where I where I wanted to go, and kind of those key words, those key phrases, but to you know, uh, break it down a little bit more is helpful for me rather than to just sometimes sit down and just try to do it, do it all at once. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely behind, but there's something that I don't mind about that a little bit because on Sunday, like I, I shared on Sunday, we started the suffer well sermon series and I called that sermon, the source, right? What's the source of our suffering? And, you know, I highlighted three, Areas where suffering comes from, and there's more, but but three uh, reasons why we suffer, and in in the source of those. And as you get feedback from the sermon based on content, not based on preference, but based on you know content, how the content is hitting people, I find that that can help me. Kind of craft for the next week because you've got a little bit of an idea. You can take the temperature of of the church, check the pulse of the church, yeah. and say, okay, you, you know, this needs to be a little bit, you know, hotter here, a little bit colder, and it helps. It can help sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I love being ahead. I feel more comfortable if I'm ahead, yeah. and I'm always willing to change. Uh, certainly to shift those things around. But there's something nice about having that feedback and then taking that and immediately applying it. And not having to undo what you did, yeah. Um, but it is a little bit more. for For me, it's more cramming. Yeah. Um, the week of, like, if I <clears throat> get it out three weeks in advance, then the language is familiar. I have been ruminating on it for three weeks, and when I get to it, it's not like trying to you know pack it all
1: in. Yeah, I, I don't. If I did it every week, if I was having to do it year round, I, I don't know what my ultimate approach would land on. It would probably would look different. Uh but not but not I wouldn't I don't think I'd write too far in advance. Probably no more than two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Cause most by the time I go to write, most of what I want to say is already written in my head. Cause I, yeah. I I write a lot in my head before anything's written same, down. Same. Um and so it's not technically writing, but like I'm I process You're almost dictating to yourself. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um and so like two weeks before that week, if I get like my outline done and like kind of the where I'm gonna land. Then, like the week of, I like kind of how I'm going to present it. Like I, I flesh it all out, um, and it does leave. I mean, that's not working too far ahead, and that does leave you know the risk of getting sick or anything like that. But um, yeah, it's also f- helpful for me because it keeps it in my head fresh. And, yeah. yeah, if I write it that week, it's going to be much more memorable in my head still. So
0: yeah, how how often do you run through it? How many times do you run through it? like where you're standing up
1: at least twice at least Um, twice
0: sometimes three or four and you manuscript kind of or is it like a hybrid
1: i i don't manuscript everything i manuscript to like 85 percent manuscripting is just writing out word for word yeah what you're gonna say yeah Um, and then
0: sticking to that and yeah yeah
1: i i bob manuscripts i do kind of I say like 85%. Okay. Like I think if somebody else, I could give my notes to someone else and they could probably preach the sermon. Yeah. Um, but they would, you know, there, there would be details that they wouldn't cover that I'd hit. Right. Okay. And I do that intentionally because it keeps me off of my notes intent. Like it forces me to stay a little bit off my notes. Yeah. Um, do you prefer to be off your notes when you can be, do you find that advantageous for you? Or are you more comfortable? I, I kind of prefer like a hybrid, okay. like a mix. Yeah, because um, I I don't, um, yeah, I don't memorize, um, but I also don't want to don't want to read. So it's kind of like a, I, I try to make it a mix. Yeah,
0: I think it, I think you do a great job with it because it never, it it doesn't feel <clears throat> like you're you're reading. Like it doesn't have that that feel. And there are and there are great preachers that read every word yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, there's no right or wrong it's all it's all preference um for sure but no i think you strike that great bound we're talking shop we're talking (laughs) i like craft talk yeah (laughs) i don't know if anybody else does um well thank you for doing that and i I am so thankful Uh, one of the things that i thought of as we were kind of experiencing some very uh you know, last minute unplanned changes in regards to Rachel's health and and what we're having to do. I have such great peace and confidence knowing that, you know, all of our staff can rightly handle the word of truth. You know, you're, you and I do the majority of of the teaching. And I, I thought I'm almost done, but what I've, um, heard has just been it's been great i think i told you like that you're just even your first one like there was just this moment where i'm like i never thought about that that's fantastic and and it's i love that we can all read the same text and and come up um certainly not with our own interpretations but uh, certain things are highlighted the holy spirit seems to highlight certain things uh for us and that's that's the advantage and dare i say the necessity of you know, having multiple voices in the pulpit. I think that when you have that singular voice, no one person is comprehensive and you're not gonna get everything from everybody and not everybody not I'm not everybody's cup of tea, you're not everybody's cup of tea, Bob's not everybody's cup of tea. It, it's good to have that, you know, um variety in, in the pulpit to not only appeal stylistically to other people because everybody has their own preaching style. But also the content, like, and that's the, that's the beauty of the podcast as well. We come up with these questions, you know, two or three uh, pastors sit down and the Lord and the spirit highlights certain things. And so often, you know, when I hear you, you preach, I, I would not preach anything similar to what you would have preached. And that doesn't make yours right, mine right, yours wrong, mine wrong. It's just that's how the Lord speaks to you, and I think that that's, I don't know, it's really cool to to see that um, to see that in action, and so thank you again for putting, I know, the amount of work that goes into that and the prep that goes into that, so thank you for doing yeah. that. This week we did um, kick off the Suffer Well sermon series. We, uh, we have no questions from that uh, as of yet, but we're going to handle some questions here this morning. One of them kind of goes back to your sermon series. So this is kind of a holdover from from the uh, series. Yeah. Yeah. Not directly related to the series, but you address this in your series. Yeah. So, yeah, why don't you go ahead and yeah. kick, kick us off here.
1: All right. Well, let's start uh, Let's start at the top. Good morning, guys. First off, I want to say I've been really enjoying the last couple series. Any excuse to dive into the Old Testament is a welcome one. It's by far my favorite subject to, to dive into. I have two questions. We answered one. Yeah. Um, when Chad and I answered one of them, we'll answer the other one today. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Here it is. I noticed that. <laughs> no, nope, Nothing Next. else to say. <laughs> I noticed that regardless of the announced theme of a sermon series, example, by faith or the origin story, the subject of gender expression inevitably comes up. When it does, it reminds me of a question I've often wondered but haven't had the chance to ask. What in your mind is the distinction between God's design of our sex and genetic makeup? Versus societal markers of gender. For example, if a person was assigned male at birth, identified as a cisgender heterosexual man, but also chose to present with what are considered feminine markers by wearing dresses, makeup, growing his hair out, painting his nails, etc. Excuse me. Obviously, we're not a church that says men have to shave, women can't wear pants or have jobs, etc. But it does seem like we draw the line, so to speak. Somewhere. So my question is, if someone identifies as their gender, respects God's command for their sexuality, etc., but merely identifies with the societal acceptable expressions of the opposite gender, is that the accept, is that acceptable to the church? Or do we consider dresses and voice pitch, nail paint, hairstyles, etc., part of God's intended, intended identity as well? All right. It's quite a question. <laughs> it is, <clears> throat> and throat> it is. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, I'll start at the top. Uh, the first paragraph it says, regardless of the announced theme of a sermon series, by faith in the origin story, the subject of gender expression inevitably comes up. When it does, it reminds up me of a question I wonder. So, regardless of the sermon series, gender expression inevitably comes up. Um, I haven't noticed that to be the case. Um, it came up in the origin story because that that directly addresses it. And if it does come up, it's because it's relevant to what's in culture. Um, we, are, we are assigned teaching the Word of God. That's our task. And um, proclaiming the truth to the church, to minister to them, to train them, to equip them. Uh, but we're also declaring the truth to the world. And um, Scripture is uh, the most relevant document we have. Uh, For anything going on. And that was kind of a a point I made in the origin story. Yeah. Uh, It's it's very relevant. So things like gender expression have have come up in culture in the last 30 years. And if we touch on it, it's because it's relevant. Um, Now, the way this question is asked, the distinction between the design of our sex and genetic makeup versus societal gender. For example, if a person was assigned male at birth identified as cisgender as a, as a cisgender. So um, just in the just in the way the question's asked you can see that they've bought into a lot of the language and the ideas of the world of what culture is is preaching to us mm-hmm. because we preach the, we preach the bible culture preaches something else and they are preaching at us. Uh, this this word cisgender for example is a made up word that is used to give credibility to the idea of transgender. So cisgender has been a word for like 30 minutes, (laughs) and it's – just using the word implies that it's on equal – transgender is on equal footing with cisgender. And for those who have never heard the phrase cisgender, it basically means somebody who identifies with their um, – the sex that they were assigned at birth, which he says. A person assigned male at birth, and then they agree with that assignment. So the whole idea of agreeing with what you, ha- how you have been designed, and how you've been made, uh, is is an idea that has come up in the last fifty years or so uh, through this idea. It's called expressive individualism. This is what this is this is what the the radical left is pushing right now. This is and, and this is not the majority yet. I don't think it is the majority yet. But this is the this is the strongest voice from the left expressive individualism and it's the idea that inside of us is a truth that is more important than anything else so truth as a concept is identified as what's inside of the individual and the individual if they express them in a way uh, that is fully actualized then their their humanity as a person is fully realized through this expressive individualism so that means if you feel like wearing a dress you can wear a dress if you feel like you're a male but you were born a female you can be a male because what matters the most is that what is inside you that truth that is inside you has to get out and has to be expressed expressive individualism so the problem with that is that the truth inside of you is the ultimate standard and your truth is different than my truth is different than this person's truth or that person's truth, and and truth loses all meaning. Basically, it's subject to, it's subjected to feelings um, because there's no standard. There's no single standard of what of what any truth is. <clears throat> so that means you're you're born a male biologically. Every single cell has the chromosomal makeup of a male, but you don't feel that way. So you can decide. I feel like I'm female. Or I feel like I'm non-binary, or I feel like I'm trans, and and I'm I'm somewhere on a spectrum. Um, and further, um, the reason why the reason why there it's it's such a an ordeal right now is because uh, it's not only that a person can feel that way, they have the right to feel that way, but society as a whole has to affirm it um, because expressive individualism individualism requires that society affirm everybody's truth so just th- and if you think about that logically for a while and you actually like meditate on that thought like everybody's truth is going to be affirmed then that that breaks down every single barrier every every single barrier has to be destroyed to the point of biology
0: it eliminates truth and, and even the, how you would define truth right but that, you it, right truth the word truth loses all meaning if everyone has a truth and everybody has to affirm truth, then it leaves the question, what is truth? It it wipes the, it renders the word
1: void and null. Right. So that's what this question is rooted in. And the the vernacular being used is, is that language from the world that these phrases, like I agreeing with your assignment at birth, like that concept is, has been around for like, maybe 40 years yeah like like we have you know thousands and thousands of years of living with the reality that we're made male and female and now we have the choice to agree or disagree with our even our biological makeup Mm -hmm. uh, which is a, a radical idea a truly radical idea so now we're we're talking about so he's asking about a person assigned male at birth Identified as a cisgender heterosexual man, so there's that idea that as we grow, as we mature, we we truth needs our approval. It's even in the it's even in the question. So whether however we're born ultimately depends on whether we identify as that. So whether we identify with that truth or not, um, it's up to us. So we are the ultimate. We're the final say. What, however, I'm born. I can decide however, whether I'm a male, female, whatever spec, on the spectrum, and somewhere in there. Now, we still, however, live in the reality. We still live in the residue of a Christian society. Uh, we still live in the the. We still see largely the the male female binary is still largely present, and people agree with it because that's what we have lived with forever. Uh, so we see things like male and female markers in society by he uses the example of wearing dresses and makeup and growing your hair out, painting your nails, etc. So the question is where do we draw the line? Let's go back to the origin story. Let's think about the idea of clothes. Let's mm-hmm. start with clothes because <laughs> he, he asked about, about dresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do we? Why do we even wear clothes? Because the way Scripture starts, we didn't wear clothes at the beginning, and the first reason we see clothes introduced are for modesty, to hide shame, to hide guilt. So uh, our our um, when sin entered the world, everything was perverted. Uh, sin changed how we viewed each other. It broke down that relationship. And so we needed clothes to be modest. So clothing exists as this idea that we are not pure. We And it's a continual reminder. We see clothes on. We still wear clothes today because we still have sinful natures. And every one of us is a sinner. And so every one of us wears clothes. No animals are wearing clothes. Mm-hmm. So clothes, first and foremost, are... I disagree with that. You disagree with animals wearing clothes? No.
0: Some people make their animals wear clothes. <laughs> And I disagree with them doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like dogs in raincoats. <laughs> like <laughs>
1: they've been given a coat,
0: right? It's beautiful, and you're covering it up with yellow vinyl. LL Bean. <laughs> they were built to be outside. Our cats were outside yesterday, and Rachel was like, "I love that they love outside," and I'm like, "That's where they're supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> like they shouldn't be in the house." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, anyways, I digress. Go ahead. You I thought that I thought
1: that last time. My cat was like sitting there staring out the window. <laughs> it's so sad. On the table. I know, and I was like, we were in the living room watching TV. I was like, he could come in and watch TV with us, and he's sitting there choosing just to like stare out the window. Right. Like he's longing for it to be outside where he wants to be. Right. He's That's like, where
0: he's supposed to be. There's
1: nothing going on in our backyard, and it's night, and like he can randomly see like a squirrel every once in a while. We'll see
0: our cat's personalities change. Like our one yeah. cat, Owl. Like he'll get out there. He'll start to be more more loving he's it's it's Henry he's not he's a great cat and Henry can just manhandle him and he just takes it and yeah I'll sit there and I'll pet him like crazy and he'll take it but he doesn't purr Henry just looks at him he starts purring but he gets outside he's purring for everybody yeah and I'm like this is because he's happy he's like I should be out here and then a bird flies by and then you realize that if he weighed 300 pounds we would have been dead day one yeah like they are unbelievable predators (laughs) but we've never put him in a jacket though (laughs) I hope I'm not offending anyone with that. <laughs> maybe cramped.
1: it's an, maybe it's a sign that they have sinful pets. <laughs> they <That> could be. <laughs> They're clothing their nakedness. <laughs> yeah. So clothes, uh, clothes, clothes serve a purpose. They serve a functional purpose because they protect us sometimes from the elements. Because that was also introduced by sin, yeah. the, the idea of harm and pain and suffering, um, and clothes help with that as well. That's why you wear work boots. On the on the job site.
0: That's why you wear a jacket. It's gold.
1: Exactly. Um, but the first purpose of them was modesty, and that purpose still exists today. So that is the first purpose of clothing for anybody is modesty. Yeah. Because modesty uh directly correlates with our sexual purity. And that we you know, that's harped on in the New Testament, how important sexual purity is.
0: I'll start wearing longer shorts, I'm hearing you loud and clear. Okay.
1: <laughs> Good. So, all right. So, we don't need the intervention. <laughs> no, that's good. Okay, good. I was hoping that it would go this way. <laughs> but uh, there's there's also something deeper here. We do everything to the glory of God. Everything, whether you eat or drink, or whether you put on a bracelet or a necklace, you do it to the glory of God. So, how we wear our clothing is going to be done to should be done to the glory of God. We look through society, we look through culture. Well, let's start with Scripture, Deuteronomy 22.5. The Old Testament law, God laid down, said, a woman cannot wear a man's cloak, a man cannot wear a woman's cloak. Transvestitism is forbidden. In fact, it's called an abomination to the Lord. Um, that, that concept, that idea, is rooted in the origin story. Because it's rooted in God's created order that he made us binary, male and female. And so our uh, expression of that, to borrow his term here, uh, does present in society and culture. And he's right to notice that there are feminine markers, just as there are masculine markers. In our American culture, dresses versus suits. Women wear dresses, men wear suits. Um, However, throughout different societies, different cultures, it's been different. Mm-hmm. Um, just the just what we looked at, just what I said in Deuteronomy twenty two, cloaks. We don't wear cloaks anymore. You or, don't. Uh, <laughs> my cat does. <laughs> oh, Frank!
0: We were going through old photos, and we found a picture of Frank. <laughs> what? Yeah, a picture of my cat. Yeah, because we were at your house, and we found Frank's uh, pink nose to be adorable. <laughs> So Rachel took a bunch of pictures of Frank, and we were cleaning stuff out. We're cleaning out our basement right now, and uh, we found a photo of Frank. And I was, oh, Frank, hungriest cat I've ever met. Oh, he was a big cat. Yeah, man. yeah, he's a good guy.
1: Yeah. So that means throughout time, throughout society, throughout everything, um, there's different different expressions, so to speak, of what is masculine, what is feminine, but there is a difference. In every society, yeah, and that is that is God honoring because God is that expresses to borrow their term the intended order of creation, male and female. And what we're seeing now with this expressive individualism is that with barriers being torn down, that iconoclastic attitude, um, every every limit or every restriction on us needs to be removed. And what that's leading to is androgyny. Mm-hmm. It's not leading toward men being women and women being men. It's leading toward everybody being everything. Mm -hmm. And this idea of androgyny is directly opposed to Deuteronomy Mm 22.5. God does not want androgyny. He wants male and female, and he wants that distinction because that distinction is a picture of Christ in the church. So it's a representation of the marriage of Christ between between Christ and the Church, and so when everybody is everything and and there's no longer distinction there, it's it's softening and lessening the expression of the glory of God in the created order.
0: So I don't mean to interrupt you for a, a second, yeah. but um, and, and then you can keep going. But before we get too much past Deuteronomy, yeah. the the argument that you're you hear in that likely maybe somebody might follow up with here is that well that was the Old Testament, yeah. Like that—that that was the old law—is that you know a universal truth that carries through the New Testament to where we are at today? Yeah. Or is that was that a cultural command that, and maybe even a, a like a covenantal command that doesn't carry through? Like uh, if you've got a skin disease, leave the camp. Right. <laughs> type of thing. Right. So thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, my thoughts on that is we true we are not under the law we are uh, under grace. Um, however, um, that is a distinction. God's when He says I, I'm, that's an abomination to the Lord. God doesn't like that because it's rooted in the origin story, which is a universal concept. Um, and it, when we think about our how we express ourselves, so to speak, or what we wear, what we do, we do it to the glory of God. Um, in First Corinthians 9 20 to 22, I became all things to all men. So you can take that and say, well, I'm going to become all things to all men. These, uh, these individuals struggling with transgenderism or this idea of expressive individualism, you know, they're painting their nails, they're wearing dresses, they're they're expressing themselves in that way. Maybe I should do that too. I should, you know, paint my na- na- nails and wear a dress so I could reach them for the gospel. And to that degree, you are um, you're forsaking obeying God first, right? And then uh, forsaking truth to deliver the truth.
0: God never uses sin to correct sin,
1: right? Yeah. So when you look to the New Testament and and remember that the the New Testament doesn't replace the Old Testament, the law is not replaced by the New Testament; it's fulfilled by Christ's teachings. And when we get to Christ's teachings, that we see in the New Testament, uh, a de-emphasis on what we're wearing. In fact. Several times we're told you got to quit worrying about what you're wearing, what you're eating, what yeah. you're in. That's the the first thing that comes to mind is is the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus says, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, not about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns yet. The heavenly father feeds them and are not you of more value than they. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor nor, nor spin. I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed, not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now he's dealing with anxiety there. Jesus is talking about anxiety and worrying, but it goes hand in hand because anxiety is kind of the first step of this. Of considering and putting the emphasis on what we're wearing, uh, and he said, "Look, it's not—it's not about what you're wearing. It's not about your external adorning." And the 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 rest of the New Testament, when we when it touches on clothing, uh, Paul will touch on on our external adornment. You know, First uh, Samuel, God looks at the heart, not the external, and that idea is repeated. Uh, let's go to First Peter three. This is a section that's addressed specifically to women. And historically, women have a greater concern for what they're wearing. And I'm not trying to be so chauvinistic or anything, but this concept applies to both men and women. But here, um, <clears throat> well, if I can get there. I need to start bookmarking these things. <laughs> <laughs> or just know your Bible better. <laughs> no, just kidding. So 1 Peter 3, 3, 3 through 4, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or of the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. So this is speaking to women, but the concept rings true. Specifically, don't worry and don't get your identity in what you're wearing. Mm. Don't find your truth in how you're expressing yourself. The true mark of beauty, it says, is a gentle and quiet spirit. This is what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. It's not about your righteous acts. It's not about what you do that is your identity. Your identity is in your heart. God is ultimately looking to the heart. So it's not a a matter of you committing adultery, although it is sinful. It's even a matter of the heart. You're committing adultery in your heart. It's not a matter of what you actually wear or put on, but it's a matter of what does your heart say? Are you doing this to glorify God or are you doing this to glorify yourself? Mm-hmm. This is why I have a really tough time with fashion. Fashion is a very temporary thing. It's a very worldly thing because it's very, uh, well, it's temporary in the fact that it changes every season, but it also changes from society to, to culture to um, from you know, this age to the next from one day to the next. And people will latch onto that and find their identity in that. And and time and time again, the, the message of the gospel is, it's about the heart. So we don't put restrictions. He's asking specifically about our church. Like, you know, there are churches that say, well, women can't wear pants. Women can't do this or that. Or men have to wear suits or men have to wear... Um, men have to shave, yeah. Men have to shave. Yeah, th- those kind of things. We can't put those... We can't draw those lines because scripture doesn't draw those lines uh, because feminine and masculine markers do change over time, but we can't use that to say, to deny that they're a reality, to say, you know, wearing a dress is a feminine marker, is a feminine thing. Now, when I say that, we also have to, you know, I think counter it a little bit with should women be wearing dresses for each and every day? Should, you know, if, if it's good to make this distinction, should we do it to the extreme? So to speak, mm. should women be as feminine as possible? And to that, I would give the same argument. No. Cause then you're trying to identify your godliness with what you're wearing. Right. You're, if you're, you know, in fact, Here, specifically to the women, it says, don't let your adorning be in fancy clothes and gold in your hair and your jewelry and everything that you put on. Let your identity ultimately be in Christ while still maintaining, I believe, the created order that God has put us in and the expression that we are made male and female in his image, the image of God he made us male and female. So he, now he, he goes even further here, like things like dresses, voice pitch. Um, I'm not sure what that refers to. If people are having surgery to affect their voice. Um,
0: yeah. Or perhaps using a higher pitched voice or to intentionally, match. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah.
1: I, I'm not sure exactly what that refers to. Um, or just, I guess maybe acting. Yeah. Speaking with a higher voice intentionally, yeah. uh, nail paint, hairstyles, uh, I think these things send very specific messages. Like expressive individualism is about sending messages. It's about expressing yourself and expressing your truth. And when you do things that society has um, has kind of defined as this is, you know, this is somebody living their truth. I think it's pretty easy to see when people are, are doing that to express that their truth and express that um, that idea. And that's, that's a worldly idea. Uh, should men paint their nails? I would say no. In this culture, men should not paint their nails. I think that sends a, a specific message. I don't think it glorifies God. I think it sends a message that's saying, you know, look at me. Look at what I've done. Con- like, consider this. That sort of thing. I'll end with 1 John 2. And this is a well, well-known verse. And I used it in the origin story. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I need to just print them out like I do for my sermons. I
0: thought about doing that. But this is a podcast. We're allowed to flip <laughs> the book and take some time. We don't have to worry about getting kids out of the East Wing or parking. So, till we move to the live
1: audience. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I put three chairs in the corner. <laughs> We just need like a side man, like Andy Richter in the corner. Like <laughs> throw to him every once in a while, right. take the pressure just off. Just give him a microphone. <laughs> it says, First John 2, 15 and 17, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. So the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. I think the desires of the eyes and the desires of the flesh gets to that modesty that uh, we're speaking of. The modesty of sexual purity. Um, the or the the point of clothing is modesty uh, that that comes with sexual purity. Um, so we we are to consider not putting stumbling blocks in front of other people. We don't wear uh, skimpy clothing because it will can make another person stumble. And so we consider that. We think about how our behavior will affect other people. But ultimately it should be glorifying God and not coming from the pride of life. So expressive individualism is is at the heart of this idea, the pride of life. That is the heart of it. It's no coincidence that their their calling card is what? Pride. Mm-hmm. Everything is is around pride. Mm-hmm. And I believe I believe what John's getting at here is directly related to this idea. It is playing out in this 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 concept in in our society, so our clothes should be modest. They should not be androgynous, um, and I believe there is room also for them to be missional, um, as we touched on briefly. Do all things to the glory of God. Become all things to all people. Um, you do have to know your context a little bit. I don't think um, if you're on a mission trip. <laughs> and you go to a different part of the world mm-hmm. where where things are very different. You don't just go in a suit and tie and then dress to the nines because you're not going to have as much of an audience. It's gonna you're, you're putting a barrier between you and them almost. Um, if your church is in downtown Manhattan, <laughs> your audience is going to maybe look a little different than it is in rural Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to, the idea of 1 Corinthians 9 is becoming all things, all people is taking out the unnecessary barriers. And to the Christian who is gospel-minded and mission-minded, their clothes are a way for them to express the glory of God. It's not a way for them to glorify themselves. It's a way for them to communicate and convey the gospel. So if our, that's our first focus, well, our first focus is that our, adorning should be internal our our adorning should be more and more submitting to the lordship of christ and second spreading the gospel so if your clothing your adornment allows for that then um then i think you can kind of start to form form the boundaries um based on based on scripture.
0: yeah i think that's i think that's great um Questions like this uh, I find uh, to be challenging, not necessarily because the answers aren't in Scripture and they're not given to us. Uh, and I can't get inside this particular listener's head. Certainly, and you you don't know intent, so I want to be careful not to ascribe anything to this this listener. Right, but but what we've got here: if a person is a male at birth, identifies cisgender, heterosexual male, but also chose to present what is considered feminine, this is a unicorn. I mean, let's just be honest here. Yeah, this is not this is such a rare thing. I've never even met somebody. I'm not saying that. I'm obviously there's what how many billion people in the world these days? Six, yeah. seven billion people eight. in the eight billion people yeah. in the world these days it's possible but when we start we start trying to reduce to these unbelievably unique likely possibly not even exist type of scenarios we got to be careful that our motive isn't to find a, a a loophole somewhere meaning Well, now we've got a case where it is okay because they're like, well, I am a man. I'm a heterosexual man. I'm interested in women, but I want to wear dresses, change my voice to be more feminine, which the voice thing to me, it's biology. Testosterone lowers your voice. That's what it does. If you've ever seen a woman on steroids, And you listen to her speak, and that's one of the ways that you can tell when a woman gets testosterone, her voice lower. So like these are just some of these are just is just biological. But when we start to really reduce this down and try to find that singular thing, we really gotta mine our heart here. Like, are we are we really trying to to match up culture with God's word? Do we really want to just take the Bible and fold it and and fit it neatly into culture yeah. or are we trying to or should we look at culture for what it is and not not nuance this thing out trying to find like that loophole in scripture where like you know what it is okay to do these these things and again I want to be careful not to ascribe this to this listener and if you're listening and I'm doing that I apologize but we got, we got to be careful with this kind of stuff because we're talking about something that would be so rare in and, and unique, and you'd have to sit down with this individual to really figure out that, you know what? I am fully on board with Genesis 127. Male and female, he created them. In the image of God, he created them. Yeah. However, however I would like to take what in, in Western culture is vastly accepted and has been accepted for thousands of years, millennial, that this is what women wear. This is how what women do to their face. This is how women typically present. And I would like to take those things on to myself and do those things and still magnify the uniqueness of what God has created. And I'm assuming that this is a person that is doing this in public, like they're not just doing it at home and then they're out in public dressed as a as a man. And yeah. again, you'd have to sit down with an individual like this and figure out where is this coming from? Why do you feel this way? You can't just go, "Okay, this is this is it. I've never met a man, a heterosexual man that loves a god, loves women, wants to be with a woman, but wants society to see them wearing address and again that might be that might be out there and it probably is out there in our world today but when we we start to chop these things up and mince them up we really got to look like what are we trying to accomplish here are are we trying to punch holes through God's clear words there's no way you can read the scriptures and come out of here with anything other than male and female he created them and think about that God created male and female He is the only, we have never created anything. We we are secondary creators based on what God has already established and put on this earth. We've never really created anything. We've never baked a cookie from scratch. We've never built a building. All of it is based on, we told Henry last night, (laughs) it's odd that it just came up, but he's six and a half. And I said something about wood and I go, do you know where wood comes from? I'm like, it comes from trees. He's like, no kidding. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, our entire house, the frame of it is made from wood. It's made from trees. Yeah. And we're like, oh, well, we built this house, but it came from something God already made. Everything we do yeah. is from something that God has already established. He's the only one that can create out of thin air. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the origin story is, is in Genesis 1, he flexes like nobody flexes and goes, look what I can do. Think about when he's reading Job the riot act. What does he do? What does he focus on? Were yeah. you there? Did you make? Can you stop? his sovereignty, his authority, and we've taken the very thing that God calls his handiwork. Let's read it. It's important to read this because this is going to address the question, regardless of the announced theme sermon series, the subject of gender expression inevitably comes up. And here's why it inevitably comes up. It's not an antidote to society. Like Mark said, (laughs) like mark incorrectly answered no 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 no. like no i'm agreeing with you it's 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 like mark said like the first reason it comes up is because it's relevant it, it to the text it's relevant to what we're talking about um but it now because i'm talking now i can't find ephesians <laughs> it's page 14 <laughs> i don't use a pagan bible <laughs> i think that's a silly thing ephesians 2 Well, let's look at it. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. Some, Some translations say masterpiece. Some say handiwork. What does this mean? When you think of Da Vinci, what do you think of? The Mona Lisa, right? When you think of George Lucas, what do you think of? Star Wars. When you think of William Shatner, what do you think of? Star Trek. When you think of Michael Jackson, what do you think of? Thriller. Everybody's got their masterpiece, that thing that put them on the map. Their best, their very best. We are the only thing that God created that was created in his image. We are his masterpiece. We're the very best of his creation. And what society is doing is trying to diminish and demolish the very best they're vandalizing the mona lisa absolutely and they want the rest of the world to just sit back and be like well that's fine if you feel like mona lisa needs a mustache or let's give her some horns or let's remove her ear, let's vandalize the mona lisa let's rewrite thriller let's rewrite star wars they've tried doing that it's not working out that great yeah Uh (laughs) but and i know these are very simple examples But the reason it comes up is first and foremost because it's relevant to the series and it's in the scriptures. And we don't just skip over things because we don't want to address it, number one. Number two, society is pushing this in a unique way. Number three, it is an abomination to the very masterpiece that the God of all creation calls his best work. And society is chipping away. They're not just chipping. They're taking sledgehammers to this thing. Only God can create. God created male and female. That's it. And when he created, when he sat back and looked at his creation, what did he say? And he sat back and he saw that it was good. Good enough. And if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for me. I don't understand why we need to redo what God has done. God himself called it. Good, and so if the Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of God, and this is a person that, you know, in in this kind of example, they, uh, you know, choose to present what would consider female markers, but they are great with God's design for them. I'm assuming this is a person that is a, a person of faith in this unique scenario. Yeah, then you, if if you truly are, then you affirm what God's Word says. And you don't nuance it out. You don't have to sit here and make this. This has become an unbelievably complicated issue. And to yeah. me, it's so basic. Male and female, he created them. He created us in his image. We are his masterpiece. We are the very best of his creation. Nothing is like us. So much so that Jesus came to earth to die for what? The sins of of his sons and daughters. He didn't come to die for a jaguar or a rose or, an, or a pistachio tree. All of creation will be reconciled, right? Because it was cursed, but he came for us. Yeah. And he makes it clear how he made us. He makes it clear from the beginning, male and female, Adam and Eve. And when sin entered the world, all of that foundation started to shake. It didn't take long before polygamy was around right? It's just, let's let's shake things out. So the reason we don't do this, number one, is because it violates God's word, and you did a wonderful job with that. But it also causes others to stumble. There is no way in Western culture that the majority, and when we talk about causing other brothers and sisters to stumble, we're talking about the church. Mm-hmm. Within the church, I can't be like, oh, a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, love Jesus, subscribe to the whole literal truth of God's word. But on Sundays, I want to express myself and wear a dress. If a man walked into Hope Christian Church wearing a dress, it would be disruptive. It would be causing the body to stumble because, again, for thousands of years, based on modesty, and we don't know this. But who made the first clothing? Adam and Eve did their best, right? Yeah. Then what did God do? You guys stink at this. Yeah. I got this. So he kills an animal, takes the skin, and he clothes them. I would bet everything I have if I were a betting man that Adam and Eve's clothing probably looked different. Because based on modesty, women need to cover up things that men don't. I've had to explain this to my son at the pool. Yeah. Why do you not wear a shirt? But mommy does. Modesty. Those parts probably early on. A woman's breasts probably early on. That's part of their, we know, as private areas. This is what we tell kids. Don't don't let anybody touch your private parts. And for women, those parts are different than they are for men. I don't know when that started. And again, this is cultural because you see other cultures where women are bare-chested and seem to wear the same things that men do in certain countries, absolutely. That's not how it is in the United States. And I wonder, again, there's no way to know, but I, I would imagine that God likely made their clothing differently, and I can't confirm that. We don't want to hang yeah. everything we have on that. But in this culture, if a man wears a woman's clothing, if a man is wearing makeup it can cause those around you to stumble. So for that very fact, for what we see in Scripture, you wouldn't want to do something like this. But the reason this comes up, and I agree with you, Mark, It I don't believe, and I'm the one who writes the majority of the sermon series, it did come up in By Faith when we talked about, I believe it was Moses' parents, Yeah, and uh, that perhaps might have seemed like a left turn But if uh, the person goes back and listens to, you know, you have a Pharaoh decreeing that you break God's law, and we have a society that is decreeing that for us. We no longer sit under Pharaoh. Now we seem to sit, and this is a good example, of sitting under societal rules. We don't honor our president. We don't really honor our laws. The majority of us can't even do 35 and a 35. We don't care what the sign says. We just kind of do what we want. I talked on Sunday about texting and driving. I would probably, I would imagine that the majority of the people that come to this church still text and drive, still use their phone. You're not even supposed to have your phone in your hand. Yeah. And that is the law. And we just disregard that. So if we disregard those laws and start to feed into societal laws, our own laws, I'm air quoting for those that are listening, that's when you see the breakdown of the very foundational thing that God in his word through his servant, Paul calls his workmanship, yeah. his Mona Lisa, it has to come up because because this, what we are and what we're seeing in society, this is, is taking a direct affront on scripture yeah. and trying to render to scripture what we are rendering to the word truth, which is no absolutes at all. Yeah it doesn't it doesn't work no standards so where do we draw the line as a church we draw it where the bible draws it and um i think that that's that's the only way you can move forward because it's a matter of time before society starts to pervert other things you and i were talking about i don't remember uh i don't believe i mentioned this in a, in a sermon but there are we're starting to see groups that are wanting to minimize things like pedophilia yeah because it's already it's already happening, it's already happening yeah. right because it's a it's you know a disease it's you know whatever they want to call it it's
1: not a disease it's how they identify
0: it's how they identify yeah. right and, and so now you know they are uh underage attracted and it's just yeah. something it's how they identify and so it's a, we're seeing this creep into children <laughs> like it's, yeah, well, it's mind blowing freud said
1: yeah freud said that we're sexual beings from birth so A kid is just as sexual as an adult right um so why not why not why you know what who who came up with this idea of the age of consent that sort of idea yeah religion or (laughs) morality comes from religion um yeah
0: any final thoughts on this we can we probably got time for Uh, one more
1: just you know the the way the word the way it's asked the way it's worded this question assumes a difference between sex and gender, yeah, and that's that's a key distinction that the, that needs to be established when you're discussing this at all. Which is also
0: a, a fresh idea.
1: It's a very fresh idea. The idea of gender is originally a a, a, a it's it applies to language. Yeah, like language words have gender, uh, masculine, feminine, not really rooted in sexuality or biology. yeah. It's, it's just a a, a linguistic uh, <clears throat> uh, device. And so now, this idea of gender being attached to humans and being separate from our our sex, um, being our sex is you know what we're born, our biology, male, female, but the gender is completely different than that. That's a brand new concept, yeah, and it's it's false. It's not a true concept. It's um, it, it's it's against scripture. It's against the simplicity of the of the binary design. Um, but that's a key difference that that we, that scripture holds versus what the world is saying. And they insist you make a distinction between sex and gender and gender is a spectrum. You can be anywhere on the, on the gender spectrum. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson was saying a couple of weeks ago, like it can change moment to moment. He said, right. like, I feel 80% female today or something. And it's just nonsense. Yeah. Uh, it's not, <clears> it's <throat> not based on anything. It's, it's rooted on feelings and what he said. And so I just have to take what he says as gospel I've, what he says and how he feels is gospel because he said it and that that's that's not going to get us anywhere so uh that's just a key distinction you have to make that gender and sex are not two separate things nowhere is that concept found in scripture uh that's a very new idea uh it's been around for like 30 minutes in the, in the course of history yeah um and i think ultimately i think that's going to be reconciled i think I think down the road, we're going to look back at this time and just see like the foolishness for what some of this is. And, and I think we're even starting to see some of that, you know, that reaction, even from the secular world, seeing like, like there has to be something rooted in the correlation theory of truth. Like truth has to respond to, has to relate to to reality in some way. Um, It can't all be subjective
0: because it's not stopping with gender. Or you know, or right. or sex, I should say, where people are, you know, I feel like a man even though I'm a woman. Like it's it's moving into other other arenas. Uh, you know, I've uh, heard stories, seen stories where where you know people are are identifying as. As animals. Like this is a, yeah. a real thing. Children in classrooms identifying as mm. particular animals. Yeah, age, race, species. Age, race, species. Do you Every you know, distinction. Right. Yeah. Do you identify as white even though you're African American? Do you identify as African American even though you're Caucasian? Like, yeah. It's just starting to bleed. And, and eventually, I'm hoping <laughs> that the Lord in his grace will put a stop to this. He, he may not. He know, may not. He may not. And we're just getting closer to Christ's return, yeah. come Lord Jesus. You know, before it gets too crazy. Yeah,
1: um, all those barriers are, have to be destroyed. They do because because there it's a direct because rebellion you have to affirm all of that of Genesis one through three. Right, it's a direct rebellion of it, and that's why I did that's why I did the origin story because yeah. it's it's three chapters, but and it seems it goes quick, but he, the distinctions that are being made are critical to understanding the entire story everything and yeah. how we're why we're here what we're to think of this um yeah
0: like, well why
1: don't our dogs wear clothes like
0: right <laughs> the heavy stuff Yeah, <laughs> heavy stuff we uh when we had our cat guthrie someone we had seen a video uh and, and it was like you know put a, a ziploc bag on your cat's feet and see what happens we didn't know any better, young and stupid. And uh, so we did. (laughs) It just hopped around. I thought, I I can't imagine, because I see dogs wearing boots sometimes outside, or cats wearing that stuff. That cat was not. I could get one bag on one paw, and it just just shook it right off immediately with the speed that I, it was like oh, yeah. Bruce Lee karate chopping or Mike Tyson <laughs> punching a speed bag or something. It was just instantly off. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Anyways, this is the damage of social media. <laughs>
1: am I allowed to put my male dog in a, in a dress?
0: Right. <laughs> That's right. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, I think we got time for one, one more. Let's do, let's do the last one. Um, here uh I was at the air show today uh, and I was reminded of how I plan on being in the military but wondered if it's a sin to kill people in active war or... i kind of addressed uh this on uh, a podcast um last year a little bit season uh, one season season one, i think it was in the pilot <laughs> pilot season <laughs> we did five and then uh we picked up a sponsor. <laughs> grateful clothing. <laughs> That's a, Chad is trying to use his clothing to the glory of God. <laughs> um so Mark, why don't you why don't you take the lead on this and then I can offer some of the
1: same thoughts that I that I had. Yeah, this I comes answered. up. Uh, you know, this comes up. Um it did come up. It, comes, it, it came up, and here it is.
0: <laughs> it's the most Robert De Niro thing. It comes up. You know, yeah, This comes you know, up. You at see time. it. You see, you it. see it. from you time know, to time, time, you, time know. you know. Yeah, what do you do? Cute kid. I like the question. What can you do with it? <laughs> That's right. Uh,
1: all right, yeah. So uh, the idea of being in the military of just to kill people in an act of war. Um, my initial answer is uh, no, but it depends. Um, the... The broad concept of it is the idea of armies and militaries and war wrong completely. I would say no, it's not. First Corinthians or Romans thirteen, let starting at verse one, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. This was a heavily used verse during the COVID era.
0: <laughs> not uh, not <laughs> well received. Quite used often. in many ways. <laughs> That's right. Anyway.
1: There's no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So we're going through the book of Luke with men, the men's study. And um, and we just talked this week about uh Christ's birth and how the census was taken and and how, you know, in that story, the the most well-known person that's mentioned is Caesar Caesar, mm-hmm. Tiberius Caesar. Like he's like like the guy. It's like the Bible mentioning Biden or somebody, you know, yeah, of that level. Yeah. But He's he's almost a footnote, like, you know, God is having through his providence, this sense is being taken so he can accomplish his purposes, mm-hmm. and it's a demonstration of God's providence over everything. Right. God's providence doesn't exist in us catching that red light. You know, we think of God's providence, and we always think too small sometimes. Yeah. Think, uh, you know, we, I don't know, we drop a knife in the kitchen, and it almost hits our foot, and we're like, oh, God saved me from that. Right. It could have been worse. God is yes, yes, maybe, but God's providence starts at the very top right. He is the ruler of kings and kingdoms and he tells them what to do for his purposes. And anyway, so that's that but that's the kind of the heart of you know Romans 13. like God is in control of everything. yeah. He uses nations as his pawns. So we submit to his authority by submitting to their authority. Therefore those who have resist authorities resist what God has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. So Scripture teaches in generalities and broad strokes, um, and then we have to use wisdom given by God through Scripture to apply it to our scenarios and situations. So generally speaking, a good government generally favors those who are good, the, the people who behave. But it says, verse 4, he is God's servant for your good. He referring to government and mm-hmm. authorities and rulers. He is God's servant for your good. So God has put them there, there for a good reason. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So God has given... This authority, the governments, the ruling authorities, the sword, so they have the authority to enforce crime and punishment. And um, there's also one other thing I was going to say. Do as good if he's got, he is God. He has got sir, if you're good, but if you be wrong. So we have this idea that governments are in place as a means of God's common grace. It's restricting the evil on this earth because without God's grace, evil would run rampant and we would kill each other. That's what it would lead to. Governments and authorities are a, a, a step in protecting us from ourselves, essentially, keeping society manageable, livable, keeping the world from destroying itself. So we think of police. We think of the government. We think of police. I think this also extends to military and the armies that we have in place because it goes to a national level sometimes. Um, a conflict can go to a national level. So, militaries' armies are not a bad thing. I think they are very much a God ordained thing. However, part of that is going to war and killing people. The Bible says don't kill people. The Bible says don't murder people. Yep. Murder is different than killing people. Mm-hmm. Uh murder is the um is the the Ten Commandment. It's it's one of the Ten Commandments. It's do not murder, not do not kill. Um now, even in do not murder, though, in that idea in the Hebrew. Um concept of when that that command was given it includes like negligence and um, carelessness that leads to death. Um, it's not talking about intentional war because uh, we see God command the Israelites to go to war. We see God himself go to war for the Israelites and kill um, kill people for the Israelites on their behalf. Um, and what why we don't kill, why we don't excuse me? Why we don't murder is rooted in the origin story. It's rooted in <laughs> Genesis one twenty seven. Genesis one twenty seven. <laughs> yeah. We don't kill because we are God's image. So when we kill other people, we're killing the image of God. Um, unless it's ordained by God, and He's to ha- He's using it as a means of His grace to either protect us or to glorify Himself. Ultimately, it will glorify Himself, uh, but it's also a means of how He protects us. So, being in the military, one is a sin to kill people in an act of war. Um, no, um, is a sin to um, kill civilians. I mean, that's when it gets hairy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, a little messy. Um, and it, I don't want to speak in any more broad strokes and try to get into any of that. But um, no, don't feel convicted like you're doing the wrong thing going into the military. Um, because it could lead to that, that point where you know you might end up killing somebody. So what I said um, and I should have
0: looked up although we're getting to the point where it's hard to remember what podcast it did what <laughs> but what I said was basically what you said, uh, the only thing that I would add is is it's going to kill people in an act of war. Uh, I said maybe because not all wars are for the right reason. Yeah. Think about uh, what's happening in Ukraine right now, what Russia is trying to do. Yeah, I
1: did say a maybe on the front end. Yeah, I never yeah. addressed it. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Um, so that's that's why the maybe yeah. is
0: there. Uh, because, you know, in, the intent and the goal of the war it can often be rooted in, in sin. And so you wouldn't want to be a part of something like that. So you, you really have to, as much as one can... If you are in the military and you were to find yourself in war, try to try to really get down to the root of why why is this happening, which is incredibly difficult because you think of the things like the Gulf War, all the conspiracy surrounding yeah. the Gulf War, um, and uh, you know what you in every I can't think of one war where there's not some type of theory about the root of it and why it was actually started. Was it really for the protection of people? Was it really to gain, uh, you know, influence and power and money, greed, all these types of things. And so it's a a difficult thing, and this is not me discouraging someone for getting in the military. I think if you have peace about getting in the military, then you you do that. If you feel that, you know, that's where the Lord is leading you. But it doesn't end there. Um, I know it's difficult to get out of the military. (laughs) Yeah. Certainly, but even if you— you know, you have to kind of, kind of choose. And I don't know the ins and outs of getting out of, out of the military. I know you sign, you know, contracts. <laughs> and when I left the military, yeah. when I went AWOL,
1: they were real mad,
0: right? But like, if they were asking us, if they, if, if they decided that you know we were going to invade a particular country, and it was not for a, a reason that lined up with scripture, it wasn't honoring yeah. to the Lord, it was rooted in one of those sinful things, like greed and power, the pursuit of um, you know, to gain control for nefarious reasons then, and you, you know, can choose not to go, there's punishment for that, but better yeah. to be punished, right? Better to, you know, gouge out your eye than to go into heaven with, or, you know, get sent to hell with two bad eyes basically. Yeah. So you, you have to make that decision. And so, but that, that is a decision that you have to make in every job. Yeah, absolutely. Every job even in the church, even when you work as a, as a, as a pastor or are in full-time ministry, got to rue the motive. Uh, why, why are you doing what you're doing? Like you just announced on Sunday, trunk or treat. Why are we doing that? Like, is it the right thing to do? It costs the, the church money. You know, uh, it's a lot of people get bent out of shape because it's like, you know, Halloween, Halloween yeah. or mixing it like, why, what's the point of that is, is, and we've, as, as you know, elders and staff determined that, you know, it's something, and we addressed this on the podcast last year as well. Somebody asked a question about Halloween and trunk or treat, and so we've we've gone through, and we don't feel like we're violating scripture. And there's there's a motive behind it. we have to do that every job you're you're at.
1: Well, it's even the first question we answered. You know, why are you wearing a dress? Why are you painting your nails? Right. What's your motive? Yeah, it's it, beyond the external adornment. It's the motive.
0: Yeah, if you have a boss that's asking you to do something that you're not comfortable with, that you feel violates scripture. Yeah, and I know a lot of us are like, well, we need money and we need a job, but who who provided? Who provides? You just read it. We worried about your food or your clothing. Like, look at the birds. Look at the yeah. lilies. Like, seek first my kingdom, and seeking first God's kingdom means being willing to sacrifice your your comfort and security and I'm air quoting again: <laughs> stability of a job, a relationship. Think about a relationship you're in, uh, not a marriage relationship. We know what the Bible has to say about divorce and wanting to work those th- things out. And and and, but you know, there are there are unhealthy relate. You have you have friends that you specifically mark. Maybe Chad. <laughs> you have you can have a friend that you need to separate from. You can have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. But you feel comfortable with that person. They've been around forever, but now they're dragging you down. These are things that we have to think about all the time. We we can make these uh, commitments to be in the military, to be friends with somebody. Family can be challenging, right, because you don't choose your family. Yeah. But, excuse me, there are times to walk away. And so if, oh, yeah. if war means violating god's word then no you don't do it and you suffer the 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 earthly consequences knowing that your your heavenly reward is growing yeah like we we got to be willing to sacrifice those things and even in our own lives like you know take him across daily and follow me what did jesus do on the cross like what would we if we could if we could Reduce that to a couple of different words, right? We think about redemption, we think, but it's sacrifice, right? Self-denial. Self-denial. Yeah. That's what he did. It hurt. There's no way that didn't hurt. He had nerve endings and flesh and blood. There's no way that wasn't causing an unbelievable amount of pain, and he subjected himself to that. He sacrificed. Taking up our cross means being willing to sacrifice self-denial, being willing to, to sacrifice the the comfort of a relationship or a job or the comfort of sin. I can't tell you over the last, you know, month, six weeks, how I've had to fight like personal temptation to go back to sin because every part of my life was uncomfortable. Yeah. Every part of him, you know, uh, you and I were just talking about this before the podcast. like my sister just sent me a text, you know, call me immediately. Like my dad is getting sent to the ER as we speak to do an MRI. They don't, they think he might've had another stroke. Like the, like there's life is is difficult and, and life is is challenging and and everybody has things going on but at the end of the day like when we take up our cross we are we are willing to sacrifice those things that, that we desire for the good of um for the for good of our relationship with the lord like that's that's what he calls us to do but that's a hard thing to that's a hard thing to do to to sacrifice to give up uh, those things that that comfort us like again during that week of the month like I'm, I'm fighting i'm fighting temptation like fighting wanting to go back to sins like like lust you know i, I mean i joked about it on sunday and i probably shouldn't have i don't think i did it every service i did it the one service and i was like don't say that again <laughs> but i mentioned like give wine to those that are suffering so they may remember their troubles no more like there's a, where it's like man you just kind of want to just leave the reality of this world like it seemed appealing yeah. because the world is challenging and difficult and everybody faces that everybody's going through through stuff and so if you got to sacrifice your military career if you got to sacrifice your career as an accountant as a salesperson as a server as a cashier even as a pastor like in in that can sometimes be necessary sometimes you can sit under leadership or eldership that is not honoring yeah the lord you gotta leave you gotta yeah. get out of there Recognizing that the one that's going to provide for you regardless is the Lord, um, and I don't think he's just. I think you counsel with people. You know, it doesn't necessarily need to be this because I've seen people leave companies before, and they're like, you know, I left because the company's doing this and this and this. And like, well, this is not. You know, you, you got to be careful with that a, a little bit because you know we can't hold non Christians to Christian standards. This is not a Christian company. Like, is this really violating God's word? If it is, and you feel like you need to leave, then you know, and so you consult. Uh, with with people but um ultimately in any job in any relationship anything we do Romans 13 you know be subject to the authorities as they are subject to, to the Lord. Yeah. And this is what I said during COVID so many times like we we do this like this is why at hope you know we wore masks because that's what the recommendation was and that didn't seem to violate scripture and I saw people doing all kinds of mm-hmm. uh scholastic gymnastics, as you so eloquently taught me that phrase <laughs> long ago. Uh, but, you know, trying to make it work, you know, well, you are violating scripture, you know, covering and all these sorts of things. And we didn't feel that that violated scripture. But if they were saying, listen, you, you cannot, you can't sing songs to the Lord, we'll say like, we're not going to do that, you know, because it puts too much, you know, air in the, uh, or, or too much... um of you know, person's personal bacteria in, into the air because they're they're speaking and all that stuff. We, we, there was a line, you know, just like there's a line for men and women, like we talked about. There's there's a line for that stuff as well. And so, um to this listener, you know, how was the air show? First of all, <laughs> we wanted to go this year. Did you go? No.
1: Um I
0: love the air show. Rachel wasn't feeling well, and I didn't want to take Henry by myself because he needs.
1: So, Friday... Four uh, sets of... Or two sets of ice on him. Saturday? Saturday, we went on a bike ride in the Metro Parks, uh, Rocky River Reservation. Yeah. And it was Cece's first time... I saw those on photos. ...on bike without training wheels. I hearted that on Brandi. She made five, five and a half miles.
0: Well, her father is a, a well-trained, highly trained uh, cyclist. <laughs> Used to be. Right. Um, well, she's young.
1: <laughs> it was nuts. But anyway, That's we're, weird we're uh, winding down and... We're on the trail, you know, beautiful day, beautiful day. And out of nowhere, the Thunderbirds are directly over our heads. That is. And it was I thought we were gonna die. Really? <laughs> like I like they were directly above our heads, probably I don't know. It felt like twenty feet above our heads. Like four of them out of nowhere, because you don't hear them coming. It's just like thunder. They're right immediately there. You hear them once they're gone. And then and then it was like I I'm I'm amazed my kids survived. Like Cece just you know, melted down and lost it. But Oscar and Veda held together. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, the fifth one came. But it died <laughs> down and we're like, okay. And then the fifth one came out of nowhere and it was just as loud as the first four. And whoo.
0: They were probably cooking. So, yeah.
1: Powerful. Cool. No air show yeah. for us. No, no, not, no, not if they,
0: yeah. For CC. so unexpected. We figured we, you know, Henry is dying to get inside of an airplane because he loves. Speedometers. Yeah. Like he watches these videos, these car startup videos where it's just different dashboard <laughs> after different dashboard. Yeah. People make these. They have millions of views and a dashboard will come up and it'll be like, look at that. Yukon Denali. <laughs> and I don't know how he knows the difference. <laughs> like he gave one came up, uh, was it yesterday, last night? And he's like, look at this Maserati. Nowhere on the thing is the same Maserati. Yeah. Um. But it, and then it eventually the camera panned down and it said Maserati on the like the screen I'm like, I was getting, memorizing <laughs> this stuff, but he wants to get in there cause there's tons of gauges. Yeah. Um, and so my brother-in-law is in the military. Um, I think he's in the air national guard now, uh, but he was in the air force for a while and he works the air show. He's, yeah. he's a recruiter oh, okay. now for the guard and, uh, he had tickets, but parking was sold out. Rachel was still recovering. So she couldn't walk too far. Yeah. And, um, know still nursing this back a little bit yeah i was on fire on sunday just standing forever i just went home and pounded a bunch of motrin and tried to lay down for a little bit but um but my brother in law said it was a lot of that a lot of planes just flying over and we've been air shows before but we were hoping you could kind of get in them but that that's the thing like i also realized that i'm going to be arguing with a six and a half year old (laughs) <laughs> about getting in the cockpit yeah like you know because a lot of times like at the uh, air force museum you can walk up on these ladders yeah. and look in from a distance but he's yeah. going to want to sit in that seat yeah. he's not going to be able to process that so i'm like we'll just stay at home yeah there's got to be somewhere he can do that i i was thinking about the air force museum yeah. maybe yeah. um but he yeah he really wants to get in I don't know if any listeners out there that own a plane, (laughs) if my son could have five minutes just to look in your plane, we would, we will pay you (laughs) touch a plane, touch a plane. Um, But yeah, uh, to this listener, uh, you know, thank you for, for asking this question. And again, just, you know, if you've got peace about uh, going in the military, fantastic. You know, we're thankful for those that serve. It's one of the ways uh, it's part of God's grace, I believe in protecting, Uh, you know, his creation, but just make sure you, if you can, that you stay, you keep that sensitivity to uh, the Holy Spirit and that feeling of peace. We are not our careers. What we do is not who we are. And we see that all the time. It's one of the biggest issues I think in the world today is we have reduced who we are to what we do. Yeah, And uh, on all levels, men, women, you know, uh, you know, I'm a mom. I'm i a, I'm a pastor. I'm a yeah. you are, but that's 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 more what you do, not necessarily who you are. And so we got to make sure that we get our identity from that, and and we'll, we'll know if our where our identity comes from when the when the rubber meets the road, and we've got to make a decision to to move on or move past or move away from a relationship or a job because uh, it's leading you to sin, it's causing you to stumble. Um, or uh, they're asking you to do something that is violating God's word. Um, yeah. I think it's an important thing. So, all right. We should probably stop there. <laughs> yeah, You think? I think that's good. Yeah. Um, anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? No. No? You feel good about this?
1: Yeah, I feel good. Yeah, feel good.
0: this was good. Have we ever done just you and me? I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. I th- Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I know. feel like this is what we do in your office, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very much we could have recorded know. this in your office. I don't know if we ever not,
0: yeah. Yeah. We got for lunch today. I opened up the fridge and I saw a cheese stick. And I thought, if that's Mark's, why is it in the fridge? <laughs> because right about now you'd be I no mean, you'd, that's
1: my afternoon cheese stick okay so it'll have, it'll you mentioned go,
0: two to three hours for good pocket cheese yeah
1: it'll go in my pocket at lunch yeah and then i'll have it in the afternoon
0: yeah and then i saw uh underneath it what was in the the bowl
1: uh salad and chicken
0: salad and chicken did you did you grill at all this weekend or smoke anything? We grilled burgers okay
1: um yesterday yeah that's about it what is your perfect burger topping um. Oh, I don't know. I do ketchup and mustard by default, and then really been into yellow mustard. Uh, yeah, yellow mustard. Food, sorry. Um, really into raw onions. Really, raw white onions. You should you
0: should hook up with uh, Rachel and talk about that. She's yeah. a huge fan. Yeah, like her burger. It, we go to Five Guys and get a burger or, or something, and then I you know pick it up and bring it home. If they forget the onions,
1: yeah, like chopped up. She's
0: almost like, what is the point of yeah. this? she likes them raw and chopped up and
1: yeah i had them i, I had those I had them on, condado has tacos that have raw white onions on the top okay and that kind of was like eye-opening to me and then
0: i've yeah i feel like onions you've you've have been around for a while yeah. and you've been familiar with them <laughs> i think that's a fair statement yeah
1: so i had that yeah i ate a condado and they just put them on their talk uh, this taco i got and i was like this is amazing and since then uh, yeah hot dogs and hamburgers everything i just White onions.
0: So you're going to the store buying a whole onion and chopping, or are you buying pre-diced?
1: Oh, no. We cut them up, yeah. Cut we. Uh, Brandy always buys onions. We always have onions in the house for some reason. Is she? She uses them a lot. You
0: guys ever go to the uh, Costco? Uh, No. We just recently got a membership
1: there. Well, I... I know so many people that go there. I just have them buy stuff for me. Like, that's that's actually where I get the briskets I smoke. I get them from Costco. But, like, Zach just bought me a a brisket last week.
0: Did he? Yeah. Okay. Well, I can also get you a brisket. That's good to know. I yeah. have another resource. I'm gonna upcharge you though, because <laughs> of the the moral dilemma I feel like I'm facing right now. Because you're not we're sure. technically a Costco member. Yeah, I'm not sure. I how think the, this is a straw purchase. The ethics of all of it. <laughs> I, think I think it's a straw purchase here. We're
1: gonna get a question next week. It's gonna be from me. Do you
0: need a co signer for the Costco card? <laughs> is, is it a credit issue? I can get you the I can get you in.
1: I've thought about it. I should just get a membership for so just for meat purposes. It was
0: it was sixty dollars. Yeah, and you know, I we eat a lot of meat. Yeah, uh, we try Me to eat too. healthy, and meat is obviously um, very healthy. This is what I've heard. Um, <laughs> you know, try to keep the protein intake up, and the price of food has just gone up significantly. Yeah. And so, with the amount of chicken and beef I eat, yeah, like because I get really lean cuts of steak, and I'll eat that. Yeah, maybe. T- twice a uh, a month I'll do cuz I rotate things so I'll do like uh lean cut of beef yeah and I've been doing uh, bison as well and just the savings in meat alone yeah was I feel like I've 60 more
1: than 60 dollars if we walk through Costco like shop there I feel like we would just buy so many other things that we would normally buy like it would just like there's so many good deals and be like we need like you know two cases you
0: gotta those. be yeah you gotta have uh, self-control there opens for sure up, yeah like toilet paper and paper towels like we we literally uh went you know per sheet like not we rachel my wife was like this is the cost <laughs> per sheet and it was it was yeah. cheaper you gotta you, know, you gotta buy a larger volume yeah. of paper towels uh, which is part of the reason we were cleaning out the basement is to so that we can you know store some stuff yeah. we go there this is like it's like a beehive. Like the it's it was unbelievable. There were People absolutely everywhere.
1: Like employees or customers.
0: Customers. Hmm. Customers. I mean, it was the busiest place. The parking lot was just jam-packed. What day did you go? So, we went on a Saturday, which we knew was going to be busy, and then we went back on a Sunday uh, because uh, we you know, walked around uh, just to take a look and then we wanted to look at pricing and, yeah. and stuff like that and then try to figure out, you know, what can we buy from there that's going to be um, is it worth sixty dollars a year? Yeah, uh, to to do it, and you know, we determined that it it was uh, for for us because we're a small family, it's just the three of us. Yeah. like if you've got a family your size, it's, it's kind of almost a no brainer. Yeah, because you the volume of things that you use. Did Brandy
1: put you up to this. Is that what this is about?
0: Is this? Is this I, I, don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't, don't want to answer that. I'm on, <laughs> on, on a podcast right now, but when I had mentioned her in the sermon, she was like, "Listen." <laughs> You didn't ask me if you could mention that you owe me.
1: Somebody came up afterwards and recognized it was her because of how you were talking about her. So it was someone she used to work with years ago. Well, two years ago. That's amazing. At her former job.
0: And, and that her- legit was my favorite task. Cause so many people offered to take Henry and Brandy's just, if I would give Henry to anybody, it would likely be brand. Yeah. <laughs> like she's just, she's made a different stuff, man. She's incredible. Right. <laughs> and, Like, I've just seen just even the interactions I've seen, like when I went to that birthday party that uh, at your house where I was the only man because you were. (laughs) Which was just I was like, I don't want to (laughs) be. Oh, man, it was incredible. Um, So, uh but I, when she was like, "I'm not intimidated by Henry," I was like, "I truly believe you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I really she do." she feel
1: bad because you said that said it that way? And oh no, did she? And she didn't want to. She didn't want like not Henry's not intimidating. Like oh and gosh, I, no. like, I don't think he took he no,
0: wasn't taking it that way, no, no, like, no, 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 no. And Henry is intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> like we are intimidated by Henry. Like yeah. seriously, like I start my shower every morning, like what's going to happen if I do this and he doesn't get to do it? Like that's legit. That's the world we live in. He's routine and it is what it is. Um, It, it's also what makes him amazing too. in in so many ways, but, uh, (laughs) but for a family like yours, that is large.
1: Yeah. She's earned her Costco membership.
0: She, she has like, you guys should check it out. It all kind of started when Robert, you know, Robert, um, uh, he he does. I think all of our taxes, my buddy, Robert um, sent me a, a text. And he's like just fed max max is his son max and i for five bucks at costco he's like hot dogs are unreal and i was like i do love a good hot dog and so but i mean the concession stand was just absolutely crazy yeah but i figure all these people are here they can't all be wrong like there has to be some type and i know there's not strength in numbers The but moral this, majority. This is the busiest place I've ever seen. Somebody's, I look at all these people. There's got to be some type of discount happening here. Yeah. And so we're like, and everybody's like, you know, so we read online about these wholesale clubs. We're like, be careful. But we're looking at strawberries. I'm like, look at the price of these strawberries. <laughs> we could buy all these strawberries and we're going to have to throw half of them away. Look
1: at all these strawberries.
0: We went in this giant thing and I'm like, look at this. This is five bucks for like 15 pounds <laughs> you of strawberry. buy that, yeah. And then you, you freeze them. Yeah. So ultimately, it's going to cost us a lot more money buying a new freezer because yeah. I had to buy Tupperware to in <laughs> shelves to store things. I need a freezer, so I think by year six we'll break even. I'm hoping. Yeah. Um. But the meat was really good, and Rachel was there today. We were so confused. I didn't know she was at Costco. So she was. She had to go to Heinz because Henry has to eat gluten free, egg free, dairy free because he got all these food allergies, and you can't find that stuff everywhere. Yeah. And so she was like, I'm going, I'm going to go to Heinen's, pick up some stuff for him and then head to Costco. So she calls me. She's like, "Do you want me to get meat here? And I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> I'm like, it's like $20 a pound for the right. steak. Rachel's like, it says 11, 1179 for this. Yeah. And I'm like, you send me a picture of that. Are you looking at the right thing? <laughs> And she's like, well, no, it's it. I was like, is it not? What color is it? Is it brown? <laughs> like, is this brown steak? Is it the
1: guy on the parking lot, right? On his trunk. And
0: she's like, I don't know. And she's like, and I'm gonna get some produce here as well. I'm like, we're gonna be out of money. You can't get produce and meat from Heinen's. And she's like, I'm at Costco. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now this is making sense. So it was my. It was my error. I should have paid attention. Not that
1: Heinen's is in a lovely establishment.
0: Heinen's is great, but it is more expensive. Yeah, I is. mean that—that's fact. Like, it, someone proved me wrong <laughs>
1: on that. But speaking of clothes, I saw a meme about Costco, basically saying for men, like you know, they've given up once they start buying their clothes from Costco. And it was about guys like going through, you know, like shopping for the clothing at Costco. Bob has mentioned to me, it's a good deal. He's like. Look at this shirt. Exactly. He's like, "Where do you
0: think I got this?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Where do you?" Get? He's like,
1: "Not Heinen's. Not
0: Heinen's. <laughs> Costco." <laughs> it was like, "How many of those shirts do you have to buy? Are they in there like a nine pack?" Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need nine green polos. <laughs> the other thing too is the gas. Like they're lining up like oh, this yeah. is a like uh, you know a Taylor Swift concert. They're buying tickets. Yeah. And I'm like, I got in line, and I I didn't even know what the price was. <laughs> I'm not kidding, because I couldn't find the price posted anywhere. They got no sign, but I'm like, can't all be wrong. (laughs) Like a sheep led to the slaughter. Rachel's like, you got like three quarters of a tank. I'm like, I'm not missing out on whatever's going on over here. I'm going to top off with whatever deal they got going on. (laughs) Like, this is all real. Like, Rachel could document this. I couldn't find a price. She's like, what is it? And so we're online. I'm like, I'm getting in
1: line. I'm not. I'm just like applying this to the questions we. Like, oh, I know, I
0: know, I know.
1: The worst possible outcomes of like obeying your government, like. right?
0: I'm trying to communicate. And I try to do it on Sunday. Like I don't <laughs> practice what I preach. It's
1: <laughs> like it's just
0: listen. If Gosco the devil, I might be in trouble. <laughs> as us as say like the pizza there too. People walking out with with pizzas. We
1: get their pizza sometimes for CR is like it we'll get it like five or six it Looked up. amazing yeah it's, it's, good. it's I, good i feel like i've had it once i, I feel it, like uh i think it's real good
0: i think the thick pens dropped off a of costco pizza yeah. once, a, once for us
1: i think it's good yeah definitely so. I'd like to try but, that. well it's it's like seven bucks for like an xl yeah you can't you can't <laughs> beat that
0: are we doing this we're we going to hide this for lunch <laughs> it might be all right well let's wrap this up i apologize for all the uh uh, the uh, uh, Costco talk at the end there, uh, listeners. <laughs> but, anyways, this is the atrium brought to you by Costco.
1: Half the church goes to Costco on Sunday afternoons. Like I saw half the a lot I talk of people to, there. Like they're like, we're off to Costco. It's, yeah, we saw a lot of people there. It's almost there. part of our culture. yeah.
0: There was a a, a family. It was a, a lady and her and her kids that you know were smiling at us. And I just like, do you know her? I'm like, I, I, I don't recognize her at all. Yeah. And then on Sunday, same family walked in and I was like, there, there it is. So, um, yeah, we ran into a a lot of people and I've run into people when we were previewing it and I'm like, oh, you members here. I'm like, we're considering, (laughs) (laughs) we're considering. We're candidates. Yeah. Yeah. What's been your experience (laughs) here? We're, (laughs) we applied and we're not quite sure. Rachel thought it was $60 a month at first. Oh yeah. Cause she just glanced at it, I think real quick. Well, and, yeah, it's kind of, and like, I'm like, the so savings cheap. alone is going to be, and she's like, this is going to be like $720 a year for this. Like how much meat are you buying? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like $60 a year. And she's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. So, well, thank you so much for listening. If you would like to submit a question to the podcast, You can email podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or you can text your question to 440 hope222. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for your wisdom and for joining me today. Uh, Chad, you were certainly missed. We hope you feel better. And thank you to all of those that are listening as well. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you next week.